Welcome to A Security Life, the podcast, brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. You've tuned in to hear compelling conversations on hot topics and industry trends with security professionals and personalities from across Canada. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Security Life, a podcast brought to you by SBNT News, the foremost media source for security and alarm dealers, integrators, resellers, and vendors in Canada. My name is Paul Grossinger, and as group publisher of SBNT News, I am honored today to speak to Kim Caron, Director of Business Development at Armstrong's National Alarm Monitoring. Uh, Kim, welcome to A Security Life. Thanks, Paul. Glad to be here. I guess the uh, the first thing uh, I would love our our audience to know is sort of sort of how you got started in the alarm industry and sort of what brought you here. Well, I started in the alarm industry just like everybody else. You didn't even know you're getting into it, supposedly. <laughs> so um, very young in the industry, young girl living on her own, needed a job. Uh, my brother at the time um, was my little keeper and always made sure his little sister was intact and doing well. And uh, I really needed a job. The job I had was not great. So he was actually on the police force at the time. And his partner and him would be in the cruiser car chit-chatting about life. And he would tell him about his little sister needing work. And uh, his partner says, well, hey, my aunt and uncle own an alarm monitoring company. Uh, Maybe she'd like a job there. And the next thing you know, it was Friday afternoon. They called me. I went down for an interview. And I started Monday. And I was alarm operator and I became part of this wonderful industry. The first thing you kind of do when you say you're in the alarm industry is you start looking at decals on doors and windows and going, oh, okay, that's what part I'm part of now is these little doors and on the decals on the doors. So first day at work, sat down, 12-hour shift. And um, I remember vividly sitting there being trained on the computer system with live signals coming in and with a headset and supervisor listening to, I would listen to their calls. And then she turned around and she said to me one, one within about half an hour or an hour into the uh, training says, okay, you can call the police now. And I literally went numb. I mean, what do you mean call the police? I never call the police. You can't call the police until your mama tells you to. And uh, she says, yeah, that's what we do. So I remember dialing 911 for the very first time in my life and then started uh, giving them the information, and by the end of the week, I was a pro. I dialed 911 a lot, unfortunately, but I did. And this was in Winnipeg, is that correct? This is in Winnipeg, yes, yes. Just for a small uh, family-run company. From a career progression perspective, over the first few years of your life in the industry, did you stay in that role, or or did you experience other roles and responsibilities in the industry? Yeah, so I was very lucky in my career. I started out somewhat at the beginning of our industry, and so I was able to grow quite quickly. So um, I was an alarm operator for a year, and I became station manager. Um, Right after that, I was with that company for two years. Uh, I was actually part of the Chubb year. So Chubb was going around buying central stations locally in each province, and they bought the company I worked for. So I worked for a small family run and went to corporate. And actually, I left after a year, two years. I wasn't really sure if I wanted to stay in this industry. Um, the day before I left that company, I got a phone call from another local alarm monitoring company that uh, wanted me to come in for an interview. So I did. Long story short, stayed with them for 20 years. And with my career with them, I was uh, managing a central station. I also created a call center 
uh, grew service installation. I when I left, I was director of operations. So uh, I've had a really good career in this industry and really watched it change. And you've done this for a long time. You've been in the industry. I just want you to talk a little bit about the market in Winnipeg or Manitoba. Uh, what was the uniqueness back then of the market compared to other uh, cities and provinces? And is that still the same thing today? It's a great question because I really didn't know we had a unique market in Manitoba until I started seeing and understanding outside the industry. So market share in Manitoba for alarm systems penetration rate, if you want to call it, was extremely high and still is. It's over 30%. As the industry, my understanding is around 22 to 24% as a whole. We also had a number of central monitoring stations there and local was really well promoted within that industry and, uh, and still is but not to the extreme benefit was back then. And at one time, I remember looking in the yellow pages because that's when you look to see who was in the market. And there was over 280 alarm stallers for Winnipeg. And we're a small market. So the pen, that's how the penetration uh, area certainly grew in, our, in Manitoba. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, and I guess you really don't know the uniqueness of the market you're in until you experience other markets, right? And so Cor- I think that's a correct. natural, uh, yeah, yeah, natural thought. Um, looking back, um, given the fact that a lot of your experience is on the operations side, the central side of it, how has sort of the, the central side of business changed in terms of the monitoring side from a, an operational perspective? Yeah, for sure. So I think when we first started then, we were in the alarm dispatch business. That's what we did. We dispatched signals out, call AHJs, let them know the signals and notify key holders. We're now becoming more of a data call taking. So we take data coming into our central station, we do something with it and we push it out. And that really has changed in the last four or five years, or maybe a little bit longer, but that's what we do now. People are looking for 24-hour operations to say, you're there 24 hours, we need certain things done within our business, can you adapt to that? So it's not just the dispatching of authorities, and um, it is much more than that, much more data coming in. And also the bylaws and across the city country, as we all know, the police don't always attend anymore. There's lots of changes in that. So we are doing a lot more defined or different things. Even the way we contact people now has changed. People don't answer the phone like they used to. So we now are doing things like text messaging, email, trying to be more creative with the communication pathway to the end, to the client to let them know of a situation. That's very interesting. And even on the, uh, uh, I know you probably speak to alarm dealers and companies and operators every day, uh, trying to get them to come on board on Armstrong or educate them or insight. Sort of over the last few years, how do you feel the alarm company has changed in terms of their expertise, what they offer, uh, and what they can do to differentiate themselves from their competition? The big thing that's made a change that I've seen throughout the years, as in security, was really the highlight, as in your typical alarm system. It's not anymore. It's really building on cameras and card access and the Internet of Things. Those are the kind of things that really changed our market in the monitoring world. So people are interested now in having video mon- video verification within their realm or their por- portfolio. Um, also, cameras have taken a precedence with the small dealers because they their margins are better. They'll make a little bit more money. As installing alarm systems, mar- margins are very small, but they have the reoccurring. So when I talk to a dealer, it says I get both sides of it. It's a real balancing act. You really need to make sure you have that reoccurring revenue in your business to help support it, but you also need the cash coming in. And so that's where the real changes have, have I have seen throughout the years. 
over the years, you've been a big supporter of, of the industry and the industry growing and uh, maturing and evolving, and, and, and you've played a huge role in Canasa and, and growing that association. And why have you put so much effort into the industry and the association, and, and why do you think that's important for people within the industry to do their part? Well, anyone that knows me knows I'm a passionate person. So to a fault, maybe. It could be good or bad, either way you look at it. So I believe in what we do. And I and I and I do, and I think that we provide a service, not a disservice. We do a service for the community and 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 to the consumer. And I just think what we continue to do and grow is exciting. And now over time it's even more exciting because we're seeing uh, much more corporate players coming in and the changes. And and like I said, from the very beginning of the conversation, I sat down and dispatched 911. And so we're very uh, much a reactive association and we're trying much more to be a proactive. And we're, we were in its youth, even though if you say ADT was around for 100 years before that or whatever the number is, um, we were still in its infancy and now we're maturing market. So it's a really exciting time to be there and watch it grow. And so lots of moving parts. And I think the part of Canas has always played a role is trying to support the association, making sure that we aren't gone and that we are still having a service and that people are aware of what we're doing and not shown as, oh, those are the guys that just call the authorities and tax us on our, on our, um, our manpower. We're, we're not that. We're much more. And so, yes, I'm a true believer in our association and the people and the service we provide. And, and you touched upon a little bit about sort of the the changing of the industry is that over the years, and you've seen it with telcos coming into the industry, some coming and some going, some still around. You see the Amazons in the uh, industry now and the Googles. What are your thoughts on the bigger companies and the tech companies and telcos coming into the industry? Well, it's interesting because there's a reason why they've come into the market. So they're saying this is kind of a good market. It helps them with their reoccurring revenue. They want to own the home. Security is part of it. So we as an industry have done our job extremely well. What we've also done really well is the installation, understand the practice. I was talking to someone today and saying there is no real education within our industry. We kind of wake up and you kind of go, oh, I learned by my mistakes and I get better and stronger and, and I understand it more. So I, I do, I, I, I see that. I mean, we talked about 15 years ago, we had the bigger companies in there that were sold. Um, and then we've never really seen that growth. There's never seen that huge growth where people do large numbers in security. I think that the telcos are that company coming in. They are doing the marking from us. Is it affecting us in the short run? For sure. For sure, we're seeing that on the residential side, the small dealers can't compete. But I think... What we do better, and not to mark anything, what we know the industry much better. We do a much better job on the actual security side. So the other part of it is the the DIY or the do-it-yourself industry has always been there. Remember Radio Shack security, but not to this extreme. So I always think you'll have that market. I think the people that want that service will put it in and will do that. There's nothing going to change from that. Um, it, it adds more exposures in the value. So um, I think more, more people in the industry is better. It is changing, though, and I think that people need to understand um, how, to, how to compete against that. And that's now the learning curve for, for the, the regular dealers, I'll call them. We've talked in the past about sort of how things quickly move in this industry, both from a, a business model, technology perspective. You speak to a lot of uh, alarm dealers out there. 
what kind of advice would you give them in terms of taking that next step and growing their business or attracting more customers? Where do you think these dealers should um, improve on or, or work on to grow their business? Depending on size. So small, well, I'll call small gentleman comes in or a woman comes into the industry and says, I want to start alarm and just, uh, uh, installing and selling, which they will always do well. Their back end is where they need support on your administration and collecting the funds and, and getting ready to prepare. They can't be all to, to everything. I think that it's hard. I think when you're small, it's hard. You've really got to get out there, word of mouth, get involved in groups or th- associations in your area. Uh, try and market a little bit as you can. As you start to get the base, you can start growing your business a little bit more. But coming in, it's it's hard. It's they we see a lot of installers coming in which know their job really well, but don't know business. And so you need to understand business when they come in. And and we help them within our company to understand what needs to be done, all encompassing some. Um, but I do believe there's work for everybody. I, and, and I don't say we're not recession proof, but with during a recession or any time of low times, our industry seems to settle. It seems to hang in there both in the good times and in the bad. I just wanted to uh, touch upon two more things uh, in our conversation. And one of them is the whole idea of false alarms. I know it's an ongoing thought and concern and issue with the industry and the relationship with police forces across the country. When I talk about false alarms to you, what do you immediately think of and uh, when it comes to the industry? We created it. It's our fault. I do believe that. But I believe we're way better than we ever used to be. We're much better at being proactive, trying to streamline. The equipment is way better. The installation is way better. Uh, we are notifying end users, prying to dispatch. There is some the movement around there. Um, but false alarms will always be. There will always be. So we have a stigma within the industry, within, our, within the AHJs, that it's a high percentage, and that will never change. So the problem is trying to make change that to say, yes, 97% are false. But what percentage are you receiving now versus the installation? And so it's a real fight to say we are doing much better. But we still we still have ways to go. There still are industries within um, that want dispatch immediately. They don't care. We have clients that and bylaws that say it's two hits. Don't call anyways. And we can't. We as an industry or monitoring community need to say sorry. We have to follow the bylaws and we have to get better at this. So we still got a ways to go, uh, but we are much better than we used to be. And one more specific issue is uh, the issue of regulation. I know uh, the industry is uh, is regulated in some form in certain provinces across the country. Any initial thoughts on pros and cons for the industry? No, oh, I, I wish we would be regulated. I wish that we had some guidelines and that we were watched. We're um, we've been fighting this battle since the day I joined Canasa. So it's been over 30 years in this industry. And from province to province, we've said we need to be licensed. We need to be recognized. And it's very difficult. And it's one of the major frustrations. I Everywhere I go, people need technicians. Kim, do you know anybody? Do you have a referral? Do you have someone? I think if we become licensed, become a trade as a recognized trade, we're going to get more value, more people coming into the industry, and I think it would be uh, well needed. I mean, they'll be hired right across Canada. I don't know what the issue is. Some provinces say we're no longer in the licensing business. We don't want to be involved in that. Um, some people are saying your industry is still too small for us to do this. 
Uh, some provinces have been very successful and at least started some. Manitoba, we have the Class M license and Class C. You have uh, issues in BC that's kind of managed. So they're starting in different provinces to get better. ULC is trying as well as a backside on, on the fire side, and they've made some headway there. So it shows it's needed. I don't know the magic answer. I don't know, but I know it's something that's top of mind for Canasa, and they're trying to figure out how do you regulate, how do you do it. Yeah, wish we could. One last question. You're at Armstrong's now. Uh, you've been there for a few years now, I believe. 11 years. 11 years. Wow, it's longer than I thought, actually. Um, <laughs> can you just can you just talk about your move to Armstrong's, how you've seen the company grow over that time? Oh, sure. So that was a big change in my life. Um, I wanted some change. I had not done sales, and I did enjoy meeting people. So I joined Armstrong's 11 years ago. I remember walking into my house the day I left my prior company um, of, a, of dealing with all the staff and everything I had. And I walked downstairs and it was just me. And I remember saying, well, I guess I need to clear space in the basement. I guess I need to get a desk, probably need a printer and probably need a computer. And uh, sat down and built a database. Um, the good thing about Armstrong's and one of the number one reasons I, the number one reason I left and went to them is because they're a great core business. What the service, I call it they, but I am part of the team, um, provide <laughs> is very, very good. So it was an easy sell for me. We've doubled our size in the last 11 years. It's been a fun ride, met a lot of wonderful people. Um, super have enjoyed it. I do know myself very well now. I do like the small business aspect as opposed to the corporate world, which I did work in that corporate aspect as well. And I learned a ton, not to de- that that was all good for me, but truly my heart is in small business and, and meeting people across the country has just been great. So we continue, we have lots of challenges. Don't get me wrong. We have lots of ups and downs and we evaluate every year what we did last year that was good and what we're going to do next year that we're going to try and be better at where it's going to be. Um, but great atmosphere, great company, great owners. Just um, it's been lots and lots of fun. Well, Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I, I always love our conversations and I know our, our audience will find your story uh, very informative and inspirational. Thanks, Paul. It's been great. Stay tuned for future episodes of A Security Life brought to you by SBNT News. Please check out sbtnews.ca to hear archived versions of our new podcast and to stay up to date on the latest industry news. Thank you for joining us, Security Life, the podcast brought to you by SPT News, Canada's number one source of industry news and information for security installers, dealers, and integrators. Visit sptnews.ca for more episodes.